We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. My name is Mike Wendland. Joining me today, Tyler Grizzagork and Gage Bridgeford. And guys, it's becoming real. We're just a few days away from opening night. It's Packers playing just over a week, and we have the uh, the opening 53-man roster that was released at about 4.30 Saturday afternoon. So, guys, how excited are you that football's back and we're going to be having NFL football in just a few days? Well, not only are you know 53-man rosters being finalized, there's college football going on today or Saturday, the day we're recording. So, the it's it's football's in the air. You know, and I'm definitely I'm definitely ready for it. Um, <laughs> with with all the disappointment in the Milwaukee Bucks lately, I'm definitely looking forward to something a little bit more uh, satisfying. I guess we could say. I am I am stunned that we are here. If we're uh being real a uh, few months I, I every time we've done this podcast we always talk about like whether or not we expect football to happen and I have had my doubts uh, I wasn't sure if the NFL was going to be able to pull it off I had, I had loved the way that hockey and basketball have done it um, we, we saw the struggles with baseball and football did somewhat of a bubble thing but not a ton of it so I was I had my doubts but for the most part we're seeing a lot of positive stuff and I'm like Tyler said, I'm glad that we got to this point and uh, that the NFL was kind of able to pull it together and find ways to 
still get a product on the field. At the end of the day, it's a business for them, so they knew they had to make money. But for us, we're gonna we're gonna go get to enjoy a product. And yeah, there won't be fans in the stands, or in certain places, they'll have like six fans standing in the corner, so it'll look like a Chargers game. So that'll be kind of cool. I don't watch those too often. Um, so it'll be I'm, but I'm excited to. I'm excited to see football going on. SMU's tied up at half with Texas State, so. Well, absolutely, and we, we've got a lot to talk about in this, on this edition of the Packet A Podcast as well. We're, we're going to talk about the new COVID rules that the NFL has passed as continue with the Players Association that will start uh, tomorrow and continue throughout the season, throughout, until further notice. There's some three big signings as well, also a surprising trade that was made involving a fairly high draft pick, and obviously, of course, the Packers roster, Notable cuts from other teams that could guys who could get brought in on waivers. There's some interesting ones there, and also the roster rules for 2020. There, there is so much to deal with, and so if you like what you're listening to, also find us wherever you can find a great podcast. Give us a subscription, give us a comment, uh, let us know how we're doing, how we can improve, and we're going to keep doing this every day until we are told to stop or until the internet ceases to exist. So that being said, let's jump right into the to the new. NFL COVID-19 rules, because I think, though, that's going to be a big thing is how is to continue to have football this year. So the big things that are released today is that players will be tested every day besides game day. They will be tested the day, the morning before a game, and if they test positive, if they test negative again two hours before game time to prove that it might have been a false positive, they will be allowed to, to continue to play. And players, with that being said, cannot be in the team's facilities the day after the game unless it is for medical treatment like an injury. Also, new players, if they join a team from another team, so the waiver claims that could come from today into tomorrow, they can join the team with two negative tests in two days, so they could join as soon as Wednesday. For street free agents, it has to be three negative tests in three or four days. It's also recommended, but not mandated, unless your state or local municipality has determined it, that players have face coverings on the sidelines. It's recommended, but not required. For the opening coin toss, only one person per team can join, and all must have face coverings, including the officials. And if a team is on the road and a player or member of the personnel tests positive, the league has chartered transportation and a private plane to take them back home separate from the rest of the team. Uh, Gage, what sticks out from you among the COVID rules, among those ones? They are doing just about everything possible to make sure that an outbreak doesn't happen. Like, they've avoided outbreaks throughout camp. They've had, like, tests here or there. Um, and, like, you'll see, like, six or seven on a team at a time. But they've done a really good job of uh, keeping, like, numbers low. Uh, they're really restricting media access. And I think that they're they're serious about, like, doing, like, getting the job, like, getting it done. Um, and, like, we talked about in the era is how they're not testing on game day. And, I like I like that from the standpoint of if there's a false positive, like like so Rogers gets a false positive Sunday morning and it's it and they got a one o'clock kick and so you can't like run another one and it's like oh well he's out for the day because he had a false positive. Uh, it's a little it's a little concerning. Like I understand that you could have a false positive and then test again and then have a like up like an actual like a negative on the same day like you could do that. So but I understand like testing constraints so. I think I'm in the same boat as Gage in, in that I think they're doing, if not everything, pretty darn close to everything that they can possibly do to prevent there being a major outbreak like we saw with the Florida Marlins. Um, but at the same time, I wish they had kind of come out with this sooner. It's We're in the last week before the season now. kind of feel like they dragged their feet a little bit on it. And we talk, we've talked about that on this podcast 
Um, but ultimately, they came out with a good set of rules, I think, and I think everything's going to be efficient and flow effectively. So hopefully we're getting good quality football every single Sunday, uh, and honestly, star players are able to play unless they're actually injured. That's for sure, and I think the big thing as well is as we are improving testing, we're learning more about testing, and I think they're also learning more about labs who have struggled. Like, they had the big drop of a ton of false positives, and we've had states who have had massive dumps from labs that have dri- that have caused spikes in numbers that may not be uh, indicative of what how the spread is right now, but the fact that they are at least taking these steps, I think, is, is a huge thing, and the fact that they have... The fact that the league has taken the lead in transportation if someone tests positive to bring them back home, I think, is also good. shows the league is really diving into this as well. So I, I just think they're definitely taking the right steps, and it's definitely a very good thing that the NFL has done a good job with this. But now moving on to more on-field stuff very quickly. Three big contracts got dished out on Saturday. Uh, the biggest one, Deshaun Watson, signed a four-year extension, $160 million, $111 million guaranteed. He's now the second-highest-paid quarterback in football behind Patrick Mahomes. Keenan Allen signed a four-year, $80 million extension with the Chargers. He's now the second-highest-paid receiver. Andrew Davis White signed an extension with Buffalo. He's now the highest-paid corner in the NFL, and that's around four years, a little over $80 million as well. I think 55 guaranteed. Three massive contracts. Five guaranteed. Are, are any of those No. Keenan Allen was the only one I'd say surprising. Deshaun Watson deserved it. Trey White's best corner in football. Jair's great, but Trey White's best corner in football. Um, and absolutely deserved it. I think he absolutely deserves to be the highest paid corner in football. Uh, I think Keenan's a little older. And I think that with like where like the Chargers are with just drafting Justin Herbert, they can kind of afford to make that uh, make that play. But... Uh, other than that, I think that they're all outstanding players, all great in their own right, and all well-deserving. So, Absolutely. And, and Tyler, here's one for you. There was a trade today as well with you, with you both guys being big draft guys, but the, the L- Las Vegas Raiders traded Lynn Bowden, the 80th overall pick this year, and a sixth to Miami for a fourth-round pick. I don't know what Mayock saw. That, that, that trade makes no sense. Well, uh, I was reading up on it a little bit. Apparently, they just didn't think he was a good culture fit which, you know, you would think would be part of the evaluation process in the beginning, but that was the reason, or that was the reason why I saw one of the Raiders beat writers cite for making that move. However, you know, it was been, it has been, what, you know, five months since, since they really started meeting these guys and getting them in, and, and four months since they got drafted and, and then joined the team, so I just don't, Maybe that's enough time to, to, to determine if the guys are going to be a good fit for your locker room or not. But at the same rate, I do I do applaud Mayock for saying, "Hey, you're just not you're you're just not a good fit here. We're going to move on and trying to maximize value." But at the same time, Bowden was a guy who didn't really have a position to call home, which doesn't really help him because he hasn't excelled in any place yet. And so until he can do that, he's not going to realize the full value the Raiders spent on him because they were taking a gamble by doing so. But hopefully he can do well in Miami. I think they named him as a wide receiver when they they officially announced the trade. So So the no position thing is interesting to see. But, yeah, it's just surprising to see the 80th pick be traded before he's ever – 
touch the field, even in, because there's no preseason either. So it's, it's just a an interesting move that threw a lot of people off guard today in a day filled with, with cuts and releases, and some surprising, some not as much. Uh, so now let's get to the time for the Packers roster. Uh, before we do that, the rules for 2020, there were some changes this year. Obviously, if you're put an injured reserve before today, your season is over. If you're put on tomorrow, which we're expecting for a couple guys who made the roster, it is three weeks on injury reserve before you can be brought back. And there is no limit on the amount of players that can be brought back. So you can, so treat it like if you're a baseball fan, like the like the injured list. So they can bring it back at really any time after that. The practice squad is 16 players this year. Six can be used for veterans of any experience level. The other 10 need to be two or fewer accrued seasons. Four players can be protected so they cannot be poached by another team. And two can be promoted for the game day as extra guys for the roster in case there were a positive test or an injury later. And they can be returned to the squad without waivers, but it can only happen twice per player throughout the season. And on game days, there's 47 active players up from 46. 48 if eight of them are offensive linemen. So some new rules this year. And with the Packers opening roster, before we jump into the actual players, just some interesting anecdotes. The most common college is Mississippi State. Bulldogs had four Packers make the 53. You had Preston Smith, Will Redmond, Hunter Bradley as well. i got to make sure I find the last one. I counted for four. And Elton Jenkins was the fourth. Uh, five players over the age of 30. Two of them are only 30. So still a young team. This is from, I think, uh, from Rob Demosky. 39 of the 53 have been in Green Bay after Matt LaFleur. 40 of the 53 after Brian Gutekunst got promoted to GM. And this is the first year without at least one undrafted rookie since at least 2005. So that's the Packers' streak of having an undrafted rookie make the squad is officially over. But there are some guys who were on the practice squad last year who did make it. So now that being said, let's jump into the actual players. At quarterback, no surprises, they kept three. Aaron Rodgers, Tim Boyle, and Jordan Love. And it looks like that will be the order of their depth chart as well. Any surprises for you guys with that one? Is Even even with the depth chart, how it's going? I mean, I personally thought Tim Boyle, after winning the wrestling match, was going to get the top spot. But, I mean, other than that, no. Like, we knew, we knew who was going to be where. We knew Love was going to be the third guy. We knew Tim Boyle was going to be two. So... No surprises here. I think like I think that that is the the second least exciting like reveal we're gonna have today behind the specialists. I don't have any surprises either. I, you know the the roster, and I think we always expected this was that the younger guys, the guys who were undrafted, they were always going to have more of an uphill battle than usual. But overall, I think this is pretty much what we expected the roster to look like. No, no really big surprises on my end. It, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, I'm glad that a lot of these guys did make the roster, especially a guy like a Malik Taylor, because I don't think anybody ever thought is going to, is go, was going to make this roster. So I'm glad that he did. And I, I think that even I on this podcast said that he could be, he could be struggling to make this roster, and he, I'm, he really did. So, so good for him. Um, I'm really excited to see what they see in him and what he can bring to this wide receiver group. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But no, no major surprises for me. And me neither. We we knew those three uh, at running back. They kept they kept four: Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon, and Tyler Irvin, who is still listed as a running back. But a lot of people are thinking he might be wide receiver five, as well as the primary kick returner. 
That also means that released was Dexter Williams, who was released fairly, who was announced fairly early this morning, but but is reported that the team wants him back on the practice squad. Also, Demaria Crockett and John Lovett, the fullback, but again, you probably expect him on the practice squad. And Patrick Taylor, an undrafted rookie, was placed on the reserve non-football injury list. Uh, are any of those stick out to you guys, and do you think Dexter Williams will make it back to the practice squad? Maybe. It's really hard to say because I, I do believe that most NFL teams are going to want to stay. They're going to want to bring guys back who've already been in the system, so the guys who were with them for training camp, and so we might see a large number of these guys come back onto the practice squad, including Dexter Williams, who's been there for two years now, um, both years under the LaFleur system. So, you know, if they can stash him there, then great. I, I think that they would like to do that. Whether or not they actually do it, I'm not sure. Uh, I think Crockett's time in Green Bay is unfortunately come to an end. Um, some of these other wide receivers, I think they'll stash a couple of them. Maybe Kumaro if they if they want to keep him around. I mean, I know Rodgers has said that he likes Kumaro multiple times. Has said that he likes Kumaro, so maybe they want to throw him in one of those uh, six veteran spots that that they've been allotted for the year. Um, for me, I think that once AJ Dillon was drafted, uh, there was especially if Tyler Irvin's going to be classified as a running back, there was just about no way that Williams or any any other running backs are making the roster. Like Irvin is a he's a running back. He's a specialist. He just makes plays. Uh, like if so, if there was a spot that just said flex, like it, like this was fantasy football, that's where he would be, um, and they would only be keeping three running backs. So, like Dexter's a talented kid, um, but he is the only one that I think like like him and Lovett could be coming back just for like depth. But it like seeing them on there, just like the quarterbacks, no really surprises for me. Yeah, with Irvin, he's the reverse time on Montgomery. Um, but yeah, with Dexter, I think if he can get back on the practice squad, he could definitely make definitely be a guy they develop for another year. And with Jones and Jamal on their final year of the contracts, Dexter could jump back onto that active roster potentially next year. At wide receiver, they did keep five, six if you count Tyler Irvin, uh, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, and Malik Taylor, an undrafted player from couple from last year. He spent the time of the practice squad out of Ferris State. He makes it as wide receiver five as of right now. That means released was Jake Kumaro early on this morning. That was announced. Darius Shepard, Malik Turner, and Reggie Begleton. Reports show that the Packers do want Begleton back on the practice squad. I would think maybe Shepard as well. I, I think Kumaro's time is done. He was the oldest receiver in the room to begin with. And I know, Tyler, me and you had, had a little debate in our Twitter messages earlier about we, we know what he was at this point, and... There was he didn't bring anything new to the table that then than what Malik Taylor would bring so maybe see what 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 uh, Taylor can do and and easily the probably the feel good story of the day was Malik Taylor making it uh, and he he tweeted out saying saying don't don't tell me anything is impossible after he was announced that he made the team so so really cool for him I hope he can they, he can stick and that, that they don't claim another guy he ends up getting on the chopping block but but really cool news for a guy like Malik Taylor. Um, yeah, I was I was surprised that Taylor was the fifth. Um, once Kumaro was announced as out, um, I thought that Malik Turner might have had an inside shot. Uh, him or I, I liked the flashes from Reggie Bagleton, but I didn't have a ton of uh, hope. I honestly thought that Turner was going to be the fifth one, and um, 
I don't think that he's going to get a ton of snaps anyway, like maybe as a gunner. Um, it was kind of surprising to see them only keep five guys. Like, I guess that, like, if you want to take Urban as, like, your sixth one, it kind of makes some sense. But it's kind of rare for Green Bay to only keep five receivers. Um, and maybe you're right. Maybe they're going to claim somebody on waivers or do something fancy after they put some players on injured reserve. So that'll be interesting to watch. But we kind of discussed that the order that they're on here might be the depth chart order, which for those that don't have it pulled up in front of you, uh, shame on you, but Devontae Adams, one, Alan Lazard, two, MBS, three, EQ, four, Taylor, five. Um, I think that that depth chart makes a lot of sense. Lazard's been great. MBS just got praised from Rodgers in the last couple of days, and EQ is... EQ's EQ. We gotta wait and see this year. So uh, it's gonna be a big year for all, like those that two, three, four receivers. It's gonna be a big year for all three of them. Indeed, and it will be. I mean, I think EQ is definitely gonna outperform that wide receiver four role. I think he could push. Uh, he can push for wide receiver two snaps. We'll we'll see if he if he can capitalize on them. You know, I, I think that he was in line for a bigger year last year than he was. He would have initially been projected for. When they drafted him, obviously, because he was a was he a sixth or seventh round pick? He was he was it was either late sixth or early seventh. I can't remember, but um, he was six six. Okay, so but borderline when you get to that point of the draft, it's they're all just lottery tickets. And you know, I always thought that EQ was a guy who was one of those safer lottery tickets, just a really high upside guy, uh, super super smooth athlete. Um, and those guys just find ways, if they can find ways to make plays, they will find their way onto the field and they will, they will force the coach's hands to, to really scheme up plays for them and, and, and put the ball in their hands. And he's a better athlete than Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and he's probably a better athlete than Alan Lazard as well. So if he can find a way to be consistent, I really think he can push for wide receiver, wide receiver two snaps on this team. At tight end, there are four, they have announced four, uh, Mercedes Lewis, Big Bob Tanyan, who is reported to be the starter, Jay Sternberger and Josiah DeGuara, also known as Kyle Juszczyk Jr. Evan Bayless was required to expect him back on the practice squad. With, with those four, obviously with Big Dog as the as the oldest guy on the team, that seems like a pretty solid group. And it's and for how quiet Sternberger was reported to be, Tanyan seemed to have a really really big camp. And if both those guys can develop into consistent weapons. This is a this is a really good position potentially. Uh, this group's got a lot of flavors to it. I, I really like what you're getting. Like uh, big dog, obviously great blocker. Um, he's the set. He's the seventh uh, lineman on the team, with Jamal Williams being lineman number six. Um, you got Bob Tanyan, who brings some like some size, and he's also he showed off some decent receiving ability. Uh, and then you got Jace as that that seam guy, uh, and then Deguara can kind of flex and do a few, do some different things for you. So I would like to. Like, it makes sense for them to keep four tight ends because each of these tight ends is a very, very different animal in each in their own way. Like, they're all going to bring you a different thing. It's not like the like the Patriots when they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, who were both outstanding talents, but they were basically the same person. They were just big, tall dudes who were just better athletes than you and didn't matter what you did. So I like that this group's got a different variety to it. Like, obviously the receivers, we know the Ron Wolf standards of – Green Bay tries to get not the same guy over and over, but they get a lot of very, very similar players, and all these guys are different in each in their own way. 
Yeah, this is a really exciting group. I mean, obviously you add Josiah DeGuara, a guy that the coaching staff has been really high on. Uh, Jay Sternberger, I, I think Gutekunst is high on him, and I know fans are as well. Uh, big, you know, big dog Mercedes Lewis. We know exactly what he can do. And uh, Robert Tanyan, we all want to see him succeed. So it, he's kind of on that same track of uh, being a fan favorite, but really has been a camp standout. Um, not ha- Hasn't really put together too many uh, inspiring regular season performances, but I don't think that that doesn't mean he can't. And so uh, with him being listed as tight end one for now, uh, it's really interesting to me. And we'll see what uh, Jer- we'll see what Jay Sternberger can do. And uh, hopefully DeGuara can get himself a receiving role as well. Um, a quick announcement. Um, it was just announced that Jadavion Clowney has officially signed with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the contract details are not out yet, but uh, he, they did beat out the Saints. That re, uh, like rejoins him with uh, Mike Rabel, who was his defensive coordinator for his first three years in the league. And man, it has been a busy day for yeah. signings re-signings, and also roster moves. So it has been a hectic weekend already before we get to opening night. Uh, moving on to the offensive line for the Packers, they have announced nine guys were have kept. We may see one, one more added with, with IR moves. We never know with the new rules. Obviously, David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, Lane Taylor, Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, Ricky Wagner, and Lucas Patrick were the locks. Also make, joining it is Yosh Nijman and John Runyon. Uh, the rookie. So those are your nine on the reserve non-football injury. Simon Stepaniak, who who had a knee injury in Indiana, he is still out and released. Was John Leglue, which was announced at about seven o'clock Central Time this morning. Cody Conway, Zach Johnson, who the team is reported to want back on the practice squad. Alex Light and rookie Jake Hansen, the only draft pick to not make either the reserve list or the active roster. You gotta expect though Hansen going to the practice squad. Maybe he gets promoted with an injured reserve move. But the offensive line looks to be set, and we'll see how who gets placed where on the offensive line. Who plays right tackle? Uh, what how that shakes out as well. But are there any shocks to you guys at the offensive line? I'm I'm sub, kind of surprised by Nijman because he's been battling injuries even in camp. But they do need that athletic tackle, and Alex Light seemed to have had some rough rough patches throughout. I, I thought Light would have been the front runner in terms of making that those couple of last offensive line spots on the roster, but I mean honestly, Nijman's probably on the roster bubble as it is. But I mean, it's good it, another another good story honestly to watch him uh, ascend from from it was undrafted status, correct? Undrafted all the way uh, up to making a 53-man roster in a couple years. It's pretty pretty awesome story. So. Uh, props to Yash Nijman for doing that, even fighting through the injuries to do so. But it, man, tackle depth is concerning. I, I think it, at this point, and so you hope that the Packers have Veldir on, on speed dial, just waiting to clear a roster spot and bring him in. Um, I think the big surprise for me is like, like, yeah, like you said, Nijman, uh, like a fringe guy as it is, but like tackle depth is critical, especially when you have guys like Lane Taylor, who even if he's not starting, can play anywhere on the interior, and I, I swear if he goes to tackle, I'm turning the TV off. Um, you got Billy Turner, who can play right guard, right tackle. Rick Wagner, right tackle. Um, Lucas Patrick, another interior guy. John Runny, an interior guy. I thought Jake Hansen had a shot at the roster, but I, I understand keeping Nishman over him just because he gives you tackle depth versus guard depth. Or, I under, like, 
Hanson was a center in college, but interior spots are largely interchangeable. And he was he was a All Pac-12 player. He was uh, like on the team. Like they were the finalists for the best offensive line in college football last year. They only lost to, lost to LSU, who LSU obviously went and won the Natty. So seeing him kind of get snubbed was kind of surprising. My I. I think that he's a lock for the like the practice squad, and if he doesn't end up on our practice squad, I think that he ends up with some like with another team because he was a really, really good player in college. Um, didn't allow a sack through three seasons, so like this offensive line uh, is pretty chalk for the first for those first seven spots. And IR is going to be, I think IR is going to be crazy. I think because there's a lot of guys on this list battling injuries right now, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens here in the next few days. Absolutely, and and we talked earlier about guys like Malik Turner and and uh, Nijman for stories. How about Lucas Patrick? He was a tryout player when he first came into the league. Found a spot, and he's now found a steady role as the top interior backup. So again, another really cool story for Lucas Patrick. On the defensive side, five defensive linemen announced: Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki listed as the third defensive lineman, Tyler Lancaster. And Montrevious Adams was listed as D-lineman 5 as he battles his injury. Uh, Trayvon Hester was waived injured, and Willington Prevalin was released. He's expected to go back onto the practice squad. Uh, are you surprised by the offensive line, Tyler? And are you, are you surprised by Kiki being rated, even if it's not an official one, rated ahead of Lancaster on, on this list? Am I surprised that Kiki's had ahead of Lancaster? Absolutely not. And I think you know that knew the answer to that question when you asked it. So uh, he is in line for a big year. I will stand by it. I think that if he had been able to have more of a role last year, he would have been able to produce a little bit more. Um, but obviously, it's always tough in a rookie year. And he, you know, there's a reason. There's probably a reason. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Probably a reason why he fell to the fifth round uh, of, of his respective draft class. But I'm excited for what he can provide to this defense this year because they need they need interior defensive depth. And I th- I really think he can help provide that interior pass rush depth that they've been looking for. Um, I think with Hester being injured, I think that this this was chalk. Like, I know we were talking yesterday in group in the group DM kind of about who might be a surprise cut, and I knew that Montrevious Adams was floated as a possible guy. I don't know who said it, so I can't throw anybody under the bus, unfortunately. Um, but he... But I, I think that he was the like the fifth spot. Like if Hester was healthy, it might have been a different conversation because Adams has kind of struggled to do anything through his first couple of years. But Clark was making it. We knew that Dean Lowry is making it, even though he's vanilla. Kingsley Kiki, super athletic guy, might be able to, can like Tyler said, can make a big impact this year. I agree. I think you should. I understand that this is not an official depth chart. I think you should be ahead of Lancaster. I just think he's got a higher ceiling. Uh, Lancaster's got a really high floor, um, which is something I love in a player. I love a guy that's going to – I know what I'm going to get. Similar to Dean Lowry, just not quite as athletic. He's. I know what I'm going to get from him on a snap-to-snap basis. Uh, Kiki's gives me that ceiling with that athleticism. And Adams is – Adams has got tools. He's just got to put it all together. So, um, so there's not a ton of – there's – like they just didn't have a ton of bodies in the room to kind of make it difficult. Like I think if they had – like a couple more defensive linemen, it might have been a different story, and Adams might have had more competition. But I also think coming in, they knew who they wanted. Like they, I think that there's a reason that there weren't more guys in the defensive line room. They're like, this is the guys we want. We want to focus on them. We'll bring in a couple extras just in case, but focus on these guys because this is who we want to have here. For, for sure, and when in doubt, I will trust Jerry Montgomery's coaching to to get these guys up to snuff as well. 
In the middle, at inside linebacker, they announced four, Christian Kirksey, Kamal Martin was listed as the second one, Oren Burks and Ty Summers. Uh, Chris Barnes was released. Curtis Bolton remains on the PUP list, so he'll miss at least half the season coming from his knee injury, and it is expected that on Sunday, Kamal Martin will be placed on the short-term injured reserve as he recovers from knee surgery. And there are some interesting inside linebackers that were released that we'll get to a little bit at the end. Uh, we can maybe see if any of them could maybe get claimed, but again, this is pretty much chalk, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's no... Like, there's 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 no surprises here. Like, everybody makes sense... Summers was staying. Burks was staying. Like, the only way, like, similar to Adams, the only way Burks was gone is if they had brought in more inside linebackers. Maybe if Bolton was healthy, maybe it's a different conversation. Maybe they move on from Burks because he hasn't really flashed yet, but I think that was the only way there was any conversation happening. No, the linebackers, like, this this group cannot... It sucks that uh, Curtis Bolton, another guy with a lot of upside and a lot of guy that we're really excited to watch, he's going to go on an injury list to start the year. Uh, specifically to pop, and he's going to miss the first six weeks. And then, you know, you get Kamal Martin, who's having an outstanding camp, and now he's going to go on likely the IR to start the year. But the group overall is not that surprising when you take out those two guys. I mean, Kamal Martin being listed as number two in, in this group of guys. If we're assuming this is an unofficial depth chart, that's probably the most surprising thing overall. That just shows how much of or how well he performed in camp. And then you've got uh, Oren Burks, who you're still hoping can put it all together, and uh, Ty Summers, who you're hoping can find more of a role than what he has in special teams. Um, but Christian Kirksey, I think the, the this group, you're only going to get one linebacker on the field a lot of the time. And so I think it's going to be the Christian Kirksey show um, with, with sporadic snaps from whoever linebacker two is. So uh, honestly, it's kind of moot who's behind Christian Kirksey, because unless he gets injured... Then it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be his show. So on the edge, they kept five outside linebackers. Obviously, the two Smiths, Darius and Preston, Rashawn Gary listed as the three. Randy Ramsey made it in his second camp. Good for him. And Spider Garvin is the fifth outside linebacker. A release was Tim Williams, uh, Tipa Galay, Greg Roberts, and Delonte Scott. I'm expecting uh, Galay to end up back on the practice squad. Maybe Delonte Scott or Roberts as well. Uh, Tim Williams was announced pretty early. I, I'd be surprised if he was back. He's already uh, he's already one of the older guys in the room to begin with. But the, I think the big story again is Randy Ramsey making it. Uh, he he flashed pretty well in preseason games last year, and he's got those he's got what looks to have pretty solid coverage skills and footwork to maybe take that Kyler Facker role this year, which. I'm okay with if he if he can produce that, which and if you can have five different pass rushers who all bring something separate to the table, that just makes this group even more dangerous. And uh, and Garvin like Ramsey's uh, it's actually two days before uh, this will be this will be coming out the day before his birthday, so this is kind of an early birthday present for him of uh, him making the roster. His birthday's on Monday. Uh, we, I know. I've seen the reports. You guys have seen the reports. Rashawn Gary's the would be the unofficial camp sack leader uh, because he's been apparently making plays around the quarterback nonstop. I love hearing that. I love hearing good things about Z and Preston, but hearing good things about Rashawn Gary makes me happy because I know myself, like a lot of other Packer fans last year when the pick was announced, and I, I'm owning up to it so nobody else has to. When the pick was announced, I was a little disappointed just because of other edges that were available on the board at that spot, but... 
I liked what I've seen on film. I liked what I've seen on film at college and as well as in the pros. And I think that uh, hearing in camp that he's just constantly playing really well and winning one on one drills a lot. I love hearing that. Ramsey, great for him. Garvin, like you said, brings something different to this team. Really long, really tall guy. Uh, got a lot of size to him. Like thirty-four inch arms are really impressive. So. Uh, similar to the tight end room. A lot of different flavors here, a lot of different guys to win a lot of different ways. I do think that the Rayshon Gary hype, not hype, but the Rayshon Gary, I don't know. Basically, him him emerging, we'll, we'll call it this offseason, it really is the best storyline of the edge group. Jonathan Garvin's a close second because you just I just didn't expect much out of a late-round draft pick like, like Jonathan Garvin coming into this this group, and apparently he made enough of an impact to make this 53-man roster. Uh, I, I believe Ramsey will be going on IR of some sort, and so really he's going to be our edge four going into the season most likely. So he's going to probably get a couple snaps a game, a couple rotational snaps a game, but it's going to be the Gary and Smith's uh, show. And honestly, everything we've seen from Rayshon Gary this offseason is everything you want to see out of a young player. He's, he's owned up to mistakes from last year. He, he's acted on... He's acted on the conditioning programs, and he's taken his fitness to the next level. And and everything he says, all the right things, and you know you can you can scoff at that, or you can take it with a huge grain of salt. But he says all the right things, and sometimes that's an underrated thing because it shows that either one he has good people around him, or two he's he's thinking about things clearly. But he says all the right things. It seems like his head's in the right place. I'm excited to see what he can do in year two. He everybody's been raving about him from camp, and um. Man, if he can if he can truly take that that year two step, watch out for this edge group because they're going to be one of the best in the NFL. One hundred percent. I can't debate anything you guys said. You guys are all perfectly spot on with that. So let's move on to the secondary. Six corners announced on the roster. Obviously, Jair Alexander and Kevin King, the the two main starters. Chandon Sullivan was the third name on the on the list on Packers.com. Josh Jackson is fourth. Kadar Holman and Kavion Ento was the last corner to make the roster. He's expected to go on injured reserve. He has, I think, a broken bone in his foot. But again, he a uh, uh, big camp standout last year, got hurt again. Uh, he had some solid moments again this year, convert, another converted receiver. Hopefully he can come back solid. Uh, Will Sunderland was waived injured and just straight up released was Deshaun Amos and Stanford Samuels, who the team has has been reported that they want to bring him back to the practice squad. And I think that one threw some people off as well because it sounded like it was between Samuels and Holman for one of the final spots in that cornerback room. But I think Holman, I think maybe his experience and his a, a little bit extra speed maybe helped there. But Samuels uh, definitely showed up in camp pretty well, and I think he's a good practice squad candidate as well. I was honestly surprised Samuels didn't make it. And like I, was, I, I, was, I honestly thought that he was not – I didn't think he was a lock. But I thought he had shown a lot of flashes, and I'd heard a lot of good things about him. So I kind of thought that he was going to be making the team. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up back on the roster after Ento goes on. Like, I know that they're thinking about putting him on, like, in the practice squad, but I I think that they might get fancy with it and bring him back because I thought he was a talented player that made a lot of plays. Um, I don't know about you, Tyler, but that's, that's my opinion on that. Uh, I personally don't have enough. Uh, personal anecdote to, to offer to that because I haven't seen enough of him playing at the NFL level. Um, in terms of what I saw in college, you know, I definitely thought that he was better than being a, a UDFA. But when you when you look at this cornerback group, I, I, KB and Ento is going to be going on IR. He's injured. 
So he'll, there is going to be a roster spot, and I do think they want to keep six corners because you, you, you have Shannon Sullivan at the nickel. They've already announced that he'll be starting there. So then you got Josh Jackson, you know, who provides you upside there and maybe a little bit of versatility in terms of what he can do. Kadar Holman's rather not he's not he's not very flexible. He's very raw. Like he he's a press man corner, but you're not going to do a lot of other things with him. And so I think to add another guy into that group that can do a couple different things is honestly the best move for that secondary uh, because you're not going to ask Savage to play a ton in the box cuz that's not his best skill set. You're, you're not. You maybe ask Amos to do that, but Amos is is really your do-it-all guy as well. Well, Will Redmond is a guy who can who can really he he can be your overhang defender, you know. But at the same time, I, I do think that they need another true cover guy because Josh Jackson is still learning how to play a corner at the NFL level from everything that we've seen, and he struggled a little bit. So I I think they just need to add another true cover guy to this defensive back group. That could be very much so. I think. I think with Holman, I think his his make will be special teams. I think he's going to be one of the primary gunners this year. And you brought up uh, three of the safeties. They did keep five safeties. Uh, obviously, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Raven Green, if he's healthy, will be the the linebacker the big safety hybrid thing. Yeah, he'll be Dion Buchanan. Uh, will Redmond, who is probably the top special teams guy. And Vernon Scott, the rookie, who for all intents and purposes had a pretty good camp. Uh, in the number 36 jersey, he makes it as the fifth safety. Henry Black was released. Uh, no surprise there. Good to see Scott uh, show up and have a good number, considering nobody knew who he was on draft night. Uh, we were all kind of scrambling to figure out, find anything on him when, he, when they announced the pick. And good story also for Will Redmond, a guy who's battled injuries going back to his senior, his last year in college. And for him to make the actor, the 52-man roster is always a good thing as well. Yeah, the, the biggest thing here, I... Uh, Raven Green is going to go on some kind of injury list, probably IR. But with the new COVID rules, he I think he only has to be on the IR for three weeks or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I misread some of the rules, but I'm pretty sure that the they could come off of IR after three weeks or something. So I, I read it was something pr- pretty wonky with the IR. But basically, um, Pup is worse than IR this year. That That's what I gathered. So Curtis Bolton has to go on for six weeks, but they can go on IR for three weeks. And so... He'll probably go. He'll probably start the season there, uh, and when he comes back, uh, hopefully, when he comes back, he can resume that role that he was playing so well at the beginning of last year, uh, and we have yet to see him quite resume. But it seems like every time he comes back, he really is he's thrust into a prominent role in this defense, and so uh, it's going to be another guy that uh, they just can't wait to get back. Like with with Kamal Martin being in the same boat, just another young guy that they want to get reps and, and really get involved in this defense. I think the safety room's got a lot of talent to it. Um, Adrian Amos, I I love him as a player. Um, I wish he got more national recognition, but the guy he doesn't make the splash plays that everybody wants him to make. But uh, I I like Will Redmond, Raymond Green. Kind of you're the kind of can do a little bit of everything. Raymond Green is that like I said the big nickel. He can he plays he plays in the box a lot. He's he's a bigger version of Deion Buchanan. Um, Vernon Scott, good for him to make the roster. I think that he should change his number, but that's just me because uh, Nick Collins, it, I think, like, maybe he could live up to the 36. Maybe he can be the next Nick Collins, uh, Leroy Butler. I don't know that for sure, but um, it's good for him to make the roster. The only safety that he was really competing with was Henry Black, and I, let's put it this way, I heard a lot more about Vernon Scott than I did about Henry Black, so that kind of told the story of who was making it and who wasn't. Yeah, with with Scott, I think it was just more on what positions they keep excess of. Do they keep an extra offensive lineman? 
do they keep a sixth receiver, stuff like that, I think was what might have pushed Scott, but I think he's going to be a core four special teams guy right away. And with he seems to play with reckless abandon, which is always a good thing. Uh, special teams, no surprise, they're the only three guys out there. Crosby, Scott, and Bradley, they're all there. They're, it's same as last year, continuity is a good thing. We know who's going to be kicking and punting. And that just continues. But that being said, there were some interesting names released, uh, just to bring up. But we talked about receivers. Uh, some big-name receivers that are notable receivers. Paul Richardson was cut by the Seahawks. Uh, Team Butler uh, from Arizona. Andre Roberts and Robert Foster from Buffalo. Ryan Switzer in Pittsburgh. Benny Fowler in New Orleans, along with Austin Carr as well, all were released. Uh, do you guys see any of those guys getting the Packers maybe putting a claim in to maybe be that last receiver? Or they are they already think they'll stick with Taylor? I don't know if they're going to want to bring anybody in for the 53, to to be honest with you. I I, I talked about it at the beginning of the show. I, I think they're going to want to stick with guys who know the system because you're, it's going to be harder to get guys in and teach them um, what you want them to know than it would be in any other season. Uh, and so I really think that they're going to try and keep things close to home. And so if they're going to bring a guy back, I think it's going to be from that group that, that they just cut and Shepard and Begleton and, and Kumaro and those guys, I think are going to be the top of their list. They really need to add a wide receiver. They consciously only kept five. So they do not, and this is this indicative of their off season. They do not view wide receiver as a crucial part of this offense. They just don't. And so for them to only keep five and to not address wide receiver other than signing Devin Funches, who eventually opted out, other than doing that, it's pretty clear that wide receiver is not a key part of the offense, so I'm going to say no. I don't think that they go out and really add anybody. Maybe they take a flyer on a guy like uh, Hakeem Butler, but he has no no um, knowledge of this offense. And from everything I heard in Arizona, he struggled to pick up the offense there. So imagine trying to teach this guy a new offense in, in a week or two. It's just not going to happen. Not necessarily uh, receiver, but what do you guys think about Prince of Mukamara? I understand that he got cut from he got cut from Vegas. I understand that like he's so he's now bouncing around. He's being a little bit more of a a little bit more of a like rotation like journeyman type of guy. But he's still a solid cover corner. He was just a starting corner for an elite Bears defense. So I like if they do decide to like I know that he's going to be a popular name. And if he's not, I will be absolutely stunned. But I think that he would give them another good cover corner to really, really round out that room. And kind of like edge rushers, you can never have too many good corners. I think the big thing with him is how much does he have left in the tank and what's the price tag? He's not that old. Is he that old? He's pretty. He's up there. Is he he's been around for a long time, and he's been banged up a lot. Uh, yeah. he, is th- he is 30. He's only 31. They just had Tremont Williams, and you guys have been clamoring for him for well, okay, Tremont Williams, the reason that so many fans, and I guess myself included in this, the reason that he has value is not necessarily his play. It's what he provides on a mental level to these young guys. That's been my whole angle to keeping Tremont Williams at Green Bay. It's because they have, they have talked about how he has provided a, them with a, a veteran presence that they needed, that they needed in that, that secondary. And not to say that a Mukamara couldn't be that, but at the same time, how how would he? He's not as familiar with the system. He's not as familiar with the guys. It, it would just be a tougher situation for him to walk into. I get, I get that aspect. I just was 
like I was scrolling I'm scrolling through like the list of all of the cuts that have been announced and whatnot and I was just trying to play like kind of hey here's somebody that they could like if they wanted to get another like if they wanted another corner there's another corner out there with starting experience and I mean after he's now been cut by the Raiders who already only had a few corners that were young maybe his maybe he'll drive his price tag down just so he can be on a team I understand that like there's the aspect of or even Sidney Jones, they could take a flyer on him, who he just got cut from the Eagles today because he couldn't, like, he dealt with that Achilles injury and just never really recovered him, or Razul Douglas, for that matter, as well. Yeah, I think most of those guys lined up in Jacksonville because that seems like how it's going to go. Like, Devontae Freeman met with Jacksonville, so that's, if, if you're a veteran cut, just go down to Florida and you'll find a spot there. Um, one quick, line, I wanted to ahead. say, one, I was going to say one thing about offensive line, and Mike, I know that you pay attention to the draft and you know stuff like this, but uh, do you know the name Prince Kego Winogo? Yeah, you know, Auburn player. Okay, uh, Tyler, did you or did you guys see that he had gotten cut by Philly, who had had already had offensive line issues and they cut him? So does, do you guys think that that just means he is truly that bad? Can't be anything more than a flyer project player? I wasn't a Tego Winogo fan coming into the draft, so I would agree, yes. Okay, fair enough. I knew I knew he was a big athlete project type, along with like Noah Igbenogany. So I wasn't sure where you guys kind of fell on him as a player. Um, I knew that he had showed some flashes, but he was still really raw. So I wasn't sure if, what where you guys stood on that. But go ahead, Mike. I preluded your offensive line talk. Yeah, I, I left him off a list of guys who I who I left for notable guys maybe claim. Obviously, the big one will be. Yeah, probably after week one, so the contract's not guaranteed. Jared Valdir is the most likely one, but other guys, uh, Trey Adams was cut by Buffalo, uh, who was seen, who, whose stock dropped like an absolute tank during his last year at Washington. Uh, if they need a backup center, John Halapayo from the Giants was, was cut, along with Andrew Donnell, uh, Donnell from the Colts. Uh, but really not a lot of offensive line cuts of guys who would, who would really make an impact. Uh, defensive line. Anthony Zettel from the Vikings and Karan Reed from Jacksonville are the notable ones, but the big and and D- uh, Dalen Mack, a uh, big big three hundred forty pound guy from the. G- I love me some Dalen Mack. A lot to end this, and she- he could be a, g- a good run stuffing guy to bring in at at, at that size. I love me some Dalen Mack. Bring him in, add him to the back end of your defensive line room. Nose guard better than Tyler Lancaster. I'd bring him in. I'm serious. All right, I, I'm drawing. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. I know you guys are more Wisconsin guys than I am, which I know is probably sacrilegious here. But Bo bon- Benchwazel, I guarantee I butchered the name. What was he interior, uh, exterior? Like was he a tackle he, or interior guy? Uh, Benchwazel's a guard. Okay, I was gonna say he got released by Detroit, and if he was a tackle guy, but he, he's, I mean, he's strictly a guard. Okay, never mind. Uh. Yeah. Linebacker is such a fascinating one because there are some big ones. Like Todd Davis is probably the most experienced guy who was cut, but uh, Shaquem Griffin was released by Seattle, Malik Jefferson by the Chargers. But the guy I want to bring in, and, and this is partly me being a Badger homer, but Ryan Connolly, he started for the Giants as a rookie, and he actually looked really good before he had a knee injury. And the Giants released him today. Uh, I think that could be a really good flyer to bring in once you put Martin on IR. And I think he would, he could be a really solid addition if I'm. I'm guessing he'll probably get claimed by a higher team, but 
that that was the first one really that that on Saturday really threw me off. Like obviously ones like Agent Peterson format earlier in the week were surprising, but this was the first one that really kind of made me double take to see a guy who the Giants appeared to be really really high on last year to get cut on on cut down day this year. I mean, when they sign like how many linebackers did they sign this offseason? Like they signed Blake. Tyler Fackrell's an edge linebacker guy for them, and I'm pretty sure they added one or two other ones. So I think that it was – like he may have played well last year, but clearly they didn't view him well enough considering how much money they went and invested in the position. So I think that – I guess the last one, if Raven Green does go on injury reserve, old friend Ibrahim Campbell was cut by the Titans as well. So there could be a potential – another big nickel. Uh I don't know if you've looked too much at it, Tyler. Is there any notable guys that you would want to bring in besides Dalen Mack? You know, I, we talked about Sidney Jones, Todd Davis. I think that those are both really good choices as far as guys that you'd want to add to your roster. Sidney uh, Jones would be, I, I do, you know, if, if if the Eagles are willing to pass up on him at this point, I think he's due for a contract this year, and I think that's probably why they decided to just move on. If I remember correctly, he was picked uh, one pick before or one pick after or something like that. He was very, very close to where Kevin King was selected. Uh, it, was, it was a couple of picks after, I think. And um, the whole debate was, you know, which one of these two corners is better. And I honestly think that Sidney Jones was the better corner. I think Kevin King had the better the better uh, traits and the better uh, some of the better upside. But at the same time, Sidney Jones had a lot of upside himself. And I, 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 if you can get him in here and get him healthy and get him involved in the defense, I think that he could be a really solid find. I think he's 25 years old, maybe 26 at this point. And he is he's a guy that you could just add to your roster. And if he doesn't pan out, then it doesn't pan out. You're not he, There wouldn't be a ton of pressure on him to perform like there was in Philly. And uh, at the same time, you're bolstering one of the most important groups in your uh, on your team. Um, other than that, I think Jared Valdir is a guy that should be on the phone like tomorrow, uh, getting him into Green Bay to, to really solidify that tackle depth, if that's what he wants to do. Um, but other than that, I, I think that's pretty much it. Fair enough. So we, we, we all kind of got our guys. I'm, I will harp on Ryan Connolly until the day I die. Bring him in. Good against bring him in. But either way, we got our 53-man roster, our initial 53-man roster. Uh, practice gods will be will probably be announced on Sunday evening, so stay tuned for that, I'm sure. Andy and crew will be taking a look at that as well. And for the full roster as well, look at any Packers writer. Go to Packers.com for the full list. It's 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 a good list. It's a really young team, which is always really cool. Like I said, only five players, eight, 30 or older, and two of them are only 30, in, uh, Rick Wagner and Lane Taylor. The other ones are Mason Crosby, Aaron Rodgers, and Mercedes Lewis, who, uh, who are... This is a very, very young team, but but either way, it's it's. It, it, I like this roster. I like what they've done, and I like the stories that have come with it. And either way, it's been a news and crazy busy Saturday as we record this. So as we start to wind down, Tyler, where can people find you? What are you working on? And it sounds like you have a pretty big thing going on with Dynasty Nerds. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Gress. Um, uh, we're really starting to pick up at Game on Wisconsin. Um, it actually, we'll have an announcement here in the next day or so uh, that you're going to want to tune into uh, involving fantasy content. And then at the same time, uh, make sure you're checking out all the daily shows over there. Uh, but, you know, at Dynasty Nerds, I'll be out putting out the sit-start every week for quarterbacks this, this year. And then um, for Game on Wisconsin, I'll be doing 
uh, rankings every Wednesday. So your weekly rankings every Wednesday. We'll put, I'll be putting out a podcast for Game on Wisconsin, uh, as well as a weekly Madden stream discussion. So basically, we play the opponent, and then we talk about the game. We talk about a, it's a, basically an opponent preview while playing the game. Um, so that's every Friday night. And then on Saturday, we record our Pack-A-Day podcast. So we'll have the game previews um, for the Pack-A-Day podcast on Sunday mornings. Uh, Dynasty Nerds and Game on Wisconsin both. I will be doing live Q and A um, stream or threads, depending on the depending on the site. So I will be all over the Twitter sphere in the next next few days. Um, and as football picks up on Thursday, but yeah. So for Dynasty Nerds specifically, they are giving away some codes to their new Dynasty GM tool. And if you have not heard about this tool, um, it is everything you need to be successful in your fantasy leagues. Uh, essentially, it takes your team, uh, compares it value-wise to every other team in the league, and it's primarily geared towards dynasty fantasy football. However, you can very much use it for redraft fantasy football as well. Uh, it, it, it has a trade calculator in it. It has suggested pickups. It has a trade analyzer. It has so many different features that you can use to get an edge on your opponents in your league. And we have a code that we're giving away for this Pack-A-Day podcast. So if you want to get in on the code, we're going to run a little contest um, and we'll probably finalize it Tuesday evening. So Wednesday morning, we can pick a we can pick a winner. But uh, basically, what it'll do is it'll get you not only one month free of the Dynasty GM tool. It will also get you a month free of Nerd Herd content. And so, if you're not familiar with Dynasty Nerd, Nerd Herd is the premium access group. Basically, they get extra podcasts. They get extra. There's extra tools. There's a film room. They get extra articles. They get a ton of a ton of really cool content. Um, so basically, you get the free Nerd Herd subscription for a month, and then you also get the Dynasty GM tool for a month. And arguably, September is the, the time you're going to need it, maybe the most, to, to get your team squared away to, to push into October. So uh, if you want to get involved in that, just when this, when this podcast is released onto Twitter on Sunday, uh, just like and retweet the post on Twitter, and then at the same time, leave a uh, rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice uh, and make sure you're following the Packaday podcast on Twitter as well. Uh, but take a, take a picture of that, that rating, preferably a five-star rating. <laughs> you don't have to be five stars, but you know, we would, we would appreciate the five stars and leave us a review as well. Let us know how we're doing. Take a picture of those two things, post it in the comments of the Twitter posts. And once you like and retweet and follow the Packaday podcast on Twitter, you will be entered into the contest, and we will pick a winner on Wednesday morning. So this is coming out Sunday, so you'll have three days to do so. Uh, one quick addendum to that, if your preferred podcast platform is Spotify, which I know that's mine, um, you cannot actually leave reviews. So just take a picture, like subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, that you can do. Uh, just take a screenshot of that, put it in there. Um, I, like Tyler, I write over at Dynasty Nerds. Um, that thing's a lot of fun. Um, I wasted way, way too much time uh, on there. I am in several Dynasty leagues. Like I think I did the count up the other day. I'm in, like, nine leagues, I believe, this year. Or, well, nine Dynasty leagues right now. That doesn't even count my redraft stuff. So I'm, I was really busy. I was doing a lot of stuff in there. Um, it's a really useful tool. There's a lot of, uh, like, the fact that it integrates a trade calculator in there um, when a lot of sites have just the trade calculator or just rankings or just roster ratings, but it does it all. Um, the suggested pickup tool is really great because that's when you find those those diamond of the rough guys that you don't even you don't even think to see. Like you're you're sitting there scrolling the waiver like, okay, who should I pick up? Or you're reading um, 
you're reading someone's waiver wire column for the week, uh, whether it's mine, Tyler's, whoever, whoever around the industry, you're like, okay, who are they seeing? And you're, this tool is like, well, this is who you should be targeting. It does the hard work for you. Um, so, yeah, like Tyler said, it's a great tool. Uh, for me, I know I'm. you can find me on Twitter, at GBridgefordNFL. I am there 24-7, 365. Um, I am always talking football, basketball, sports of some kind. I've been talking. I've been watching a lot of hockey lately. So if you want to talk to me about that, you can. Um, what's coming out for me in the upcoming days? I will be releasing like Tyler's doing uh, QB start sits. I'll be doing running back start sits for Dynasty Nerds um, for Roto Baller. I believe I'll be writing two or three columns a week. Um, I'm actually going to announce it here now, uh, along with Tyler. I'm on over. I'm joining Game On Wisconsin uh, as part of their uh, fantasy uh, department or uh, division, uh, however you want to call it. Um, I will be tuning. I will be joining him on some of these fantasy podcasts and live streams. And I do a live Q and A session every, or not live, but a Twitter Q and A starts it, whatever you want to call it, every Sunday, um, nine nine a.m. to one p.m. I wake up at eight a.m. set my lineup. And then from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., I am all I am all your guys' uh, willing to answer any questions. My DMs are always open to answer any question. No question is a dumb question. If you come to me and ask, should I start Devontae Adams or D.D. Uh, Westbrook, I'm gonna I'm I'll answer it. I'm never gonna call you dumb. Never gonna never gonna say you're wrong or anything else. I'm just always here to help. Um, so I got Rotoball content coming out. Dynasty nerds, at least one, probably gonna be two to three articles a week over there. Uh, stuff with game on Wisconsin. I'm, I got a lot of hats on, and it's going to be a busy, busy few months for me. And of course, stay tuned all the time for more Packaday content. Follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Listen every day. We obviously will we'll have Andy, Ben, and the crew coming up on Monday. They'll hopefully break down what the practice squad will look like and maybe some other moves as well. So, with that being said, we'll say so long for now. For Gage Bridgeford and for Tyler Grizzagork, this is Mike Wendland. Everyone, stay safe and get ready for some football. Have a wonderful week, and of course, Go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.